When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I got another great episode for you today. Um, I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to bring back a, we'll just call it a flashback episode or something like that until something cooler comes along. But I'm going to replay an episode of George Lunsford, the author. Um, I brought him on about a year ago, and we talked about his books that he had out and experiences that he had. We got into the Bermuda Triangle. It was a really, really fun and really popular episode. I'm going to replay it. Because I brought him back on for this week, and it was a shorter episode. You know, it was a shorter conversation. We talked for about half an hour, but I wanted to give you a guys, you guys, a full, uh, a full experience. So, if you've already heard it, it's a great episode. You might be able to listen to it again. But if you haven't, then it'll make a lot of sense what we talk about on the new episode when we refer to the older episode. So, just relax, enjoy the show. And again, thank you for all the love and support. Please go uh, add us to YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever social media you have. Just help the show grow. Keep liking and sharing. Um, We got the Spotify wrapped results back. We're in the top 5% globally. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, Thank God for it. So let's just keep going. And... uh, See see where 2023 takes us. It has to be better than this. Hey there, believers. I got another exciting episode for you today. Um, today, I'm bringing on George Lunsford. He is an author. Uh, he used to be an actor as well. I'll let him get into all that. But um, I'm excited to bring him on. He's written, I think, at least four volumes to this series of uh, ghost stories and paranormal um, cryptid encounters and stuff like that. I picked up volume two on Amazon. It's called Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. Um, He has it divided up into regions. This is the northern U.S. Um, West Virginia is in there. I'll be honest. That's that's why I selected this exact volume. But um, great stories. He does a good job with this, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to having him on and share his experiences because I believe he's had his own um, encounters. So I won't keep talking. I won't waste time. Let's go ahead and bring George on. 
There it goes. Hi, my name is George Lunsford. I'm an author of uh, a book series called Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. I've done a little bit of everything. I was an actor for about 15 years on the side. I've had ghost encounters. I've had UFO encounters. I've made explosives and I've inspected explosives. I've done pretty much anything. So uh, I'm here for whatever you want to, whatever questions you have. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, um, you, you were an actor for 15 years. Was there, uh, is, is there anything that, that we've heard of that anything that might be on Amazon or? Uh, probably not. I've done a lot of independent horror movies. I've done uh, some commercials. I've done some TSAs. Uh, the one thing that I know for sure that stood out there is uh, I did a music video for Steep Canyon Rangers called Long Shot. Awesome, man. And those guys are great. They're a trip. Steep Canyon Rangers. I'll, I'll check them out. All right. And if you've been in independent horror films, you know, I, I like watching those films. My dad is obsessed with those films, you know? <laughs> well, I've got a buddy. I, I, one of the main ones I did was for a buddy of mine. Called, his name is uh, Dwayne Etheridge. You look him up on Facebook, he's on there. Okay. And you can get a move, the movie that we did together, you can get it from him. It's called The Dead Don't Die. But it's not the Bill Murray one, because Bill Murray made one many years after we did. Really? Really? I didn't know that. That's cool, though. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely turn Dad on to that one, because uh, he said that every night for the month of October, he wants to try to scare himself to death, you know. And he said what he's been doing is finding the the most campy, uh, um, you know, he said, I'm, I keep getting disappointed in these movies. He said they have good titles. But I will, I will turn him on to this one to see if, if it gets his thumbs up, you know, his his seal of approval. <laughs> Time to check out uh, the trauma movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's all about those two. <laughs> well, I, I've met the guy who did the trauma movies. Uh, what's his name? Um, I just drew a blank. Anyway, I've met him several times and had conversations with him and everything. Yeah. Didn't he do like a... With, were the Toxic Avenger movies, is that part of that? I thought so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Showing my age there, man. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, George, tell me about these. Uh, you said you've had your own personal experiences. I, I saw something about that on the back of the book there. Um, yeah. I've experienced a few interesting situations with ghosts and, uh, uh, had we've had two ufo encounters now but my wife is actually the one who had the second one she just kind of showed it to me she actually seen it before i did wow we were up in a plane coming back from chicago we're at thirty-five thousand feet above the clouds and she hits me and she goes look and i said oh what is it she said it's a silver thing out there i got to look and it looked like you know, several miles away at the same elevation we was, it was a silver cigar looking thing. Yeah. No jet 
uh, blast coming off of it had no wings. It was just a silver tube. Yeah. We could see it really well. And uh, she reached down to get her camera, her phone. And by the time she pulled it back up, it was gone. It just disappeared. Wow. That's at 35,000 feet. Yeah. So let, there's nothing else it could be yeah. if it, it didn't have no wings. It had to be a UFO. Yeah. Let them try to explain that one away. <laughs> <laughs> and my first one I had, I was in the Navy. Of course, I'm an old squid. And uh, we were dead in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We had ra radar on, we had sonar on, everything. And about you, when you're sitting on the deck of the ship, you can see 10 miles is the horizon. Yeah. Well, it was just inside the horizon. It looked like it was about eight miles away from us. We've seen a round, something round with lights on it. And it was just sitting there to start out with. And um, we reported it. And we sat there and was watching it. Me, the O3 lookout, and the front and the forward lookout. I was on aft. And we were all three watching it. And it was sitting there and it started going back and forth, side to side, just like it was looking for something. And it did this for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden it stopped and it shot straight up in the air and disappeared. Wow. It was. I've never seen anything. I don't know of any aircraft that can do that. No. That fast. Not with that kind of acceleration. No. And no sound. Yeah. You know, it's, and radar and sonar never picked it up. That's crazy. You know, it, <laughs> and you know, it's it's the Navy videos that are popping up all over the place. Yeah. You know, all, all these things. Yeah, the Tic Tac videos, yeah. 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 I was I'm a vet too. I was in the Air Force. And uh, uh, my uncle was, was he? Oh, my uncle was in the Navy, so that kind of works out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and the, the day I was coming home, uh, I was leaving Louisiana, driving back home. I, that's where I had my UFO encounter or sighting, whatever you want to call it. That was just Louisiana, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swamp gas, right? My wife's from there, so I can make fun of it. <laughs> oh, is she really? Yeah, she's Creo. She's from New Orleans. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. I, I went to New Orleans once, about two weeks before I separated, you know, before I got out. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I waited to the end because I was, I was stationed down there for six years. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, and I only went that one time, and I know had I went earlier, I would have been like a repeat offender down there in New Orleans because I had too much fun, man. <laughs> Way too much fun. Well, what did you see? Well, you got me yeah, I was uh, I was heading home. We got up on I twenty. My dad picked me up actually because um, we were towing a car behind us, and uh, we're on I twenty, right in this little town called Arkadelphia. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know where that's at or not, but there was a water tower there. As soon as we had the sighting, that's how I know where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're sitting in my dad's car, and out of the passenger side window, I saw this white light, you know, just going the same direction as we were. You know, it was going eastbound, and it was just making a, a good pace. It was low enough for me to see through the window, but there's no hills or nothing out there, you know and yeah. uh the light keeps going ahead and to where it was kind of 
it got far enough ahead of us that it was centered in between the, the middle of the windshield. You know, dad could see it. I could see it. And by the time he said, you know, what the hell is that? That white light flashed out to this weird green color and it filled the windshield, man. It was, it was far away, but it, it, the light was super bright. It, it's, it flashed out and then the light just sucked back in. And when it sucked oh. back in, it was gone. There was nothing there. Wow. I don't know if it hit some kind of warp speed or if it went into another dimension or what, but it, that's that's my story. And if I didn't have dad with me, I would, I'd swear that I was just, you know, forgetting it, you know, or, or adding something to it. But yeah, there was, I don't know any kind of afterburners that, that yeah. do that, but. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, in the 80s, I've seen every aircraft you could think about it. I mean that there's nothing. Nothing does a green light like that. Right. Yeah. Nothing. And you know, I'm a I was a sheet metal troop, so I I worked on B-52s. Um, that's what was at Barksdale. But you know, I went on a couple of deployments over to Guam and stuff. We were around the B-1 guys. You know, we had air shows with, you know, the 117s and stuff like that, and nothing was anything like that. That oh. was just it was weird. Very weird. That, that that's a trip that's cool yeah it was fun like <laughs> you know and of hey, course i didn't record it though. that's the good thing about it <laughs> well we we covered ufos real quick <laughs> uh, well, what do you think these are ghosts i, I had some ghost experiences well let uh, me ask, let me ask you before you get into ghosts uh, okay these ufos okay what what is your idea on on who who this is what they are uh what we're dealing with i i'm sticking with the fact that they're extraterrestrials from another universe yeah i do think that there is something going on with the dimensionals crossing dimensions yeah. something's going on there because there's just too many things out there about portals yeah so i i, I kind of got that in my mind too but i think all the ufos are basically just other People from other places or creatures from other places, not necessarily people. Right. And uh, I mean, there's just too many other planets out there to think that it's not. I mean, if you look at the uh, the age of the galaxy and the, and the whole thing, our little section of it is actually quite young compared to some of the rest of them. Right. We're talking thousands of years here. Look how much, look how much advance we've made from the 60s till now right i mean i was two years old when we landed on the moon <laughs> and now they're giving people rides up in the up in the outer space now yeah that's it's only time before we start going actually going out to places like mars or or venus or jupiter or some of the other ones and actually terraforming them yeah it's only a matter of time i mean it's going to happen yeah it's going to happen I agree with you. You know, and Elon Musk said that you know, he plans on colonizing Mars in his lifetime. Oh, yeah. And he, if you look at the plan he's got laid out, it's very possible. Yeah. He's releasing a robot, and I think it's next year. It's, a, it's like five foot four and waits on you at your house. What? And it walks on two legs. I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
I don't want nothing around the house. I'm not like that. No, no. I'm already the dumbest one in the house, so I don't need nothing else coming up. <laughs> Same here, man. The last thing I need is a, you know, a, a robot with an attitude in my house. Exactly. I mean, my wife's smart. She's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I'm just old dumb country boy. She's got like a master's degree and a bachelor's degree. So, you know, I'm just in your. <laughs> That's why <I> look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i don't i don't know what aliens could be either i have about 80 different theories on any given day i'll i'll spit one of them out but i don't know man i don't I'm know a theories of bigfoot myself i, I can kind of figure that one out a little bit better <laughs> yeah well what, what's your bigfoot theory oh okay if you look back and all the legends and stuff and the information from the Indians when they come over the bridge, uh -huh. you know, uh, Asia over here, all of their information and all their stuff talks about finding giants here, white giants. Yes. And they were afraid of them because they were cannibals. Mm -hmm. So they attacked them in great numbers is what they said. They said they attacked in great numbers and they either killed them or they fled. And, you know, they would only go so deep into the woods and they would come out, the Indians would. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a, 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 these giant cave systems all over the world, especially in the United States, called the Mammoth Caves. Yep. And go in there and disappear for hundreds of years and nobody would ever know. Right. And I think that those, I think Bigfoot is the descendants of the giants. They've just regressed back to, I mean, they were already pretty primitive. They just, you know, regress back a little bit more. Yeah. And that's what we, I think that's what they are. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's a great theory. Cause I hadn't, I hadn't heard anybody say that, you know, not, not just like that. And that makes a lot of sense, man. Um, cause you know, people might not realize, but you can take a, a domesticated pig and throw it outside, you know, throw it in the woods and within a season or two, it's going to be covered in hair. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So, so that that part would be totally plausible too. Um, well, they've, found, they've 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 actually found people that were feral. Like there's a boy in England that was raised by wolves. Mm -hmm. When they found him, he was covered with hair. Yeah. He was barking. He was running around like a dog. But he was actually a little boy that had spent, I think it was ten or fifteen years being raised by wolves. Wow. And that's a true fact. I mean, that that was an actual story that happened. Yeah. Then the Jungle Book was actually written from that true story. Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, I heard about that. But uh, yeah, man, these it makes sense. It connects a lot of dots. You know, as far as the giants and and how they're here. That's I like that theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> we'll throw that out to a couple other people. So you know. <laughs> I'm All actually right. going on a Bigfoot hunt on the 30th of this month. Do what? I'm going on a Bigfoot hunt on the 30th. Are you really where at? Uh, not far from my house. Actually, it's over in Hot Springs. Uh, a guy had had a recent sighting, and he had footprints outside his house. And one of the footprints, if I remember right, he said measured 18 inches. And it was eight inches wide. Wow. And they had multiple sightings of large and small bigfoot really yeah like a family unit man 
what if you find anything you gotta holler at me oh you know i will <laughs> <laughs> you gotta holler at me send me some pictures or something i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the stuff if i do get footprints i'm gonna cast them if i can find some deep enough yeah and i'm gonna go up i'm looking for hair i'm looking for scat i'm looking for any kind of sign because i grew up in the mountains i know what to look for yep you know, i'm an old hillbilly so <laughs> I, I went squirrel hunting this morning and I went to the same spot where I had my little, uh, I, I call it a class B, you know, Bigfoot experience. Uh oh. But uh, I went to this, the same exact spot and I was out there just kind of praying, you know, don't, don't let me see nothing, man. <laughs> you know, I just want to shoot some squirrels and go home. That's all I want to do, you know. <laughs> well, tell me about your experience. Now you got me wondering. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's not real dramatic or anything, uh, but it did get me on finding Bigfoot on that new special they put out. There you go. Um, yeah, I was down here in Logan County, West Virginia, and uh, went early morning squirrel hunting, and it started raining on me a little bit. So I, I just sat back, you know, and kind of just waited it out because I figured, you know, when the rain stops, squirrels come back out, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, while it was raining, up on the hill behind me and it it's about a 35 40 degree incline behind me it's steep um i heard what sounded like kind of like a woman giggling you know like kind of kind of laughy kind of whatever and it, it had like a little bit of an accent to it you know it didn't sound like it was from around here and i thought you know what in the world would there be you know an asian lady laughing in the woods in the rain you know in a wildlife management area you know there's no there's no hiking trails you know but you know i i heard that noise and try to just play it off you know maybe i misidentified something but uh a squirrel a squirrel comes out stops raining i shoot that squirrel and i go pick it up and i hear again behind me it sounded like a, an oomph like when somebody falls on their butt or something you know kind of knocks the, the breath out of them Ooh. i heard that oomph and then i hear a thump and i turn around to look and when i turn around i see this branch helicopter and sideways down the hill off to my right like it was i don't know if it glanced off a tree or what but it had forward momentum and it was spinning horizontally you know <laughs> I don't think they do that in uh, the wild very often. No, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> Not in 54 years. <laughs> so I get up, you know, and I, I pull my cell phone out and I start recording the hillside because I'm already all about Bigfoot. Um, but I, I just, I stay there for about 20 minutes. I don't hear anything else. And uh, that was the extent of it, man. I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, some kind of spirit in the woods. I don't know if it was a Bigfoot. Uh, no clue, but wow, that's pretty cool, man. That's as close as I got. And, you know, uh, I did go up there the following weekend and saw a bunch of uh, like this this punky log was ripped apart, but that that could have been a bear. You know, we have bears around here. There's oh, a little yeah. bit of hair on the log, but again, it could have been a bear. So I just kind of let it go and kept hiking. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. But it could have been Spirit Finger. Spirit Finger. Yeah, you never heard of Spirit Finger? Uh-uh. That's a Cherokee legend. It's it's in book one. 
Uh-oh. Yeah, she's evil. <laughs> she gets livers. Well, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Her skin is made out of like a stone, and she has one long finger as a really sharp part at the end of it. And she goes after kids, and she can change her voice, and she can shape shift, and all kinds of stuff. Man, I'd rather see Bigfoot than Spirit, <laughs> spirit Finger. <laughs> Yes, Spear Finger's kind of evil. We don't want to mess with her. Yeah, we'll just leave that. We'll leave that. <laughs> you know what that part of it is now? You've got that in your mind now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. <laughs> I like doing that to people. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right, man. It's all right. I'll just sit in the truck till it's daylight. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just wait it out. <laughs> oh, Lord. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about these ghost encounters, these uh, these experiences. Ah, here we go. All right. Well, everybody that's ever interviewed me has heard the story about uh, my great grandmother coming to see me when she died, hmm. uh, laying in bed uh, early, 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 early morning, like say probably two o'clock in the morning. I felt something, so I woke up, and my great grandmother was sitting on the end of my bed but she was translucent. And I thought, well, this is a weird dream, but I could smell her perfume. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, I said, hey, and she told me, hey, and that she was leaving and that she loved me. And then she just kind of faded away. Hmm. I went back to sleep, woke up and I could still smell it when I woke up, her perfume. So I was like, something ain't right. And I found out she passed away. Wow, that's that's a good experience. I think yeah. that's so far all I've had good experiences so far, except for when you're riding down the road and you feel something and you look over and for a second you see somebody in the seat and you can hear them talking. <laughs> that didn't happen to you, did it? Oh, that happened a lot. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I, I I died when I was in my twenties for a short period of time. Okay, what happened? I had pneumonia, wouldn't go to the doctor because I thought they were full of crap. Yep. And so actually the PA that checked me out said I had bronchitis. And uh, by the time they actually took me to the hospital, one lung was halfway full and the other one was a quarter of the way full. Mm. And I couldn't breathe. I was going, like, <laughs> 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 funny noises and gurgling and stuff. And uh, I had over 104 fever for several days. and. Uh, I was lethargic and they literally carried me into the emergency room and, and they stuck me in a room and they had all the IVs and everything on me. Well, that night, it was probably 12, one o'clock. Uh, I, I was in the bed, I was asleep and I felt something. So I, I woke up and there was an old woman standing beside my bed. And she was very nice and cordial and didn't scare me. And uh, I sat up in the bed and I was talking to her. And all of a sudden, all these people started coming through the walls of my room. And I could see over in the corner, somebody there is kind of a darker figure. It looked like it had wings. So I jumped off the bed and I started talking to people. I looked back and I was still in the bed. Oh, wow. I see my body in the bed. And the clock was stopped. Nothing on the clock was moving. No second hand was moving or nothing. It was just 
dead still. And nothing in the room had any kind of movement to it. It was all just kind of a, a haze. And uh, I was talking to all the different people in there and the angel walked over and raised his hand. There was a little dot of light. All of a sudden it went poof. And it just a whole wall turned into a, a round light portal. And everybody started telling me bye and walking into this light from that was in my room. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going. So I headed towards it. And then the old lady grabbed me by the arm and she said, no, 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 honey. It's not your time. You lay back down. And uh, I sat back down in the bed and rise. I started to lay down. She walked through it. And when she did, it disappeared. And I laid down and all of a sudden I heard all these alarms going off and all these people freaking out. My door slams open. And I said, what is going on? And freaked everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> man, you absolutely gave me chill bumps, man. <laughs> so I started talking to the nurse. And, and I told her about the lady. And she turned just this weird greenish white color in her face. I started talking to her. She said she died. I even told her her name and everything. She said she died last week in this room. Oh, my gosh. Everybody I talked to her, I give her the names of everybody that come in my room had all passed away in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty wild. That is wild. But ever since then, I've been able to kind of see or feel or hear things that most people can't hear. You know, Not all the time. I don't have it like some people can see. Every, I don't see it all the time. I just hear every now and then. You know, I can hear voices when there's nobody there. And people in my van when I'm driving them to dead blame road and scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> Man, you know, they say that, you know, once you've experienced death, that it kind of opens you up to make you more sensitive to that kind of stuff. I believe it. I really do. Man. Wow. So. <laughs> I got you shook up. You do, man. You do. I, I want to hear more about this angel. What what did this was it the angel of death? Is that I, I don't know. He never spoke. He just he just stood there quietly and very reserved. And I mean, I could see his eyes, I could see his face, I could describe his you know, features, the hair, the wings. The wings weren't white. They were a, a light gray. Yeah. His skin was a, a, a grayish blue tint, had incredibly blue eyes. You, it, it was just, it was, his eyes were the, the main feature you could see. And, and I can close my eyes and still see his eyes. Wow. He never spoke. Uh, he just looked, he, he, he looked like he was sad, but not sad. More kind of, you know, hanging out. <laughs> Come wow. on in. Here's the, here's the portal. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I had no clue that was coming. That was, <laughs> man. And look, my, the reason why I was asking if, you know, what, what the angel looked like and stuff, my wife is a nurse and uh, she's been nursing for probably 16, 17 years now. And for several years, she spent in a nursing home working the floor. And 
she has seen what she calls the angel of death. Um, she said it was a lot like just like a black shadow, you know, just a black mass. Yeah. Kind of see through and it just she watched it like drift towards the room and um, within, you know, 20, 30 seconds, this woman coded and she don't hardly talk about it. I sneaked and recorded her talking about it to one of her friends. I haven't released that episode. But <laughs> <laughs> she may kill you. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll probably be seeing it next. <laughs> Keep an eye in the corner of your room. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But yeah, that's why I, I, I'm so fascinated with that stuff. You know, with what's what is after this life. You know what what else is there? Um, well, you don't want to. One of those funny. I did a zombie movie one time. This is on the same thing. You aren't going to think it is, but it really is. And I was doing this zombie movie, and one of the guys that was in the movie was a young man. He was a young, big, strong guy, uh, and he was talking to all these other other actors there. There were some younger college kids there, and he was talking to them about you know Christ and everything because he was a preacher. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the room, and they were all. This kind of sitting there, and you know, someone's going, Well, I don't believe you. Know, I think once you're dead, you're just a pile of bones and a you know, thing. A couple of them believed all this other stuff, and they didn't realize I was standing there. And I said, Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, you're all wrong. And they go, Yeah, right. What do you know? I told them my story. Yeah. And I have never seen so many nervous looks on people's faces in my life. And I think a couple of them, one of the guys I know started going to the church with that uh, young man that was preaching, preached. And I said, look, I said, you guys can think what you want. And I said, but here's the fact. This is what I seen and what I experienced. And I told him that story. Yeah. <laughs> Changed a few minds, I believe. You got some converts right there on the spot. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the whole thing, the whole thing about it is, when I was experiencing it, there was never any fear. There was never any anxiety. I mean, nothing. It was the most relaxed, comfortable feeling I have ever had in my entire life. Wow. I'm just happy I'm saved. <laughs> yeah. That's because, uh, it could have been a different story. So. Yeah, it might have been a completely different experience had you not been. It could have been a lot warmer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So, so tell me about these hitchhiking ghosts. Well, every now and then, I can I, I can be driving down the road, and I, you know how they put the memorials on the side of the road. Yeah. The person that died shows up. <laughs> Will it be a man, woman, kid? That could be just. I'll see them in the corner of my eye, mm. and I'll speak, and I'll look, and I can just see them for just a brief second. And they'll be gone. Of course, driving 60, 70 miles an hour, that's probably a good thing. I'll be wrecked somewhere, but but it it doesn't scare me anymore. It just surprises me every now and then. Yeah. Especially someplace I've never been and it happens. Yeah. Well, do they, how do they appear to you? I mean, I know it's, it's kind of a peripheral view, but are they, do they look well? Okay. So it's nothing graphic, nothing. No, there's not like half their head hanging off or anything. No. 
Okay, because I, I had a lady that's a, a you know she's a medium. And she says that, you know, these spirits see her, you know, they come to her and stuff and that it's at their moment of death is how she sees them. You know, so she's telling me all this graphic stuff. And I thought, man, I don't, I couldn't handle something like that. You know, she probably has a lot more better vision of them than I do because I'm just seeing like, they just look like a lost person. Yeah. Like, why am I here? And I can hear, I can hear them in my head. You know, they're going, what happened? Why I'm here, and you just kind of talk to yourself like you're talking to them. And go, you, you had a car accident, and you what you didn't make it, so you, you need to you know cross on over. And then they'll they'll either say thank you or they'll just disappear. Wow! Again, I got chills all down my legs. <laughs> <laughs> this is daily life for me. So. <laughs> Man. Well, no wonder you're into these books. <laughs> you got you got these <laughs> stories, man. Oh. All right. Are there are there any other ghost stories that is going to scare me to death with? Or? Well, I <laughs> uh, I had a I used to live in a, a different place, right? I was in a mobile home, and me and my wife had divorced, and I was living at the house at the time. And that place was haunted. And I, I did some research on it and found out there was a family who, who lived there in the early 1800s and they all died of, uh, I think it was tuberculosis. Mm. And uh, there was a, a woman, a man, a young girl, probably around 16 or so. I call her Bertha. And then there was a young boy. Now the young boy would show up either on the porch or in, running across the yard, you just see a little glimpse of him every now and then. Or like you could feel something looking in at you and you'll turn around and you could just see him for just a second in the window and he disappeared. disappear. Never seen the parents. Bertha loved my kids. My kids were both real little. Yeah. And she loved them. And one night, especially, my daughter was crying. She was a little bit thing in her, in her, in her, uh, cradle in there i mean her bassinet or cradle wherever you want to call it when she was asleep in it and she started crying so i got up went to go in there and right as i started oh i opened the doors i started in the door i could hear somebody going shh, shh, shh. and you could see the blanket like somebody was patting it and my daughter went right back to sleep wow i said thanks brother i'm gonna turn around back to bed <laughs> <laughs> The best one with her, though, I was dating a woman, and she was staying at the house, and Bertha didn't like her. So I had come home the night before, and I had thrown a bunch of change up on the bunch of pennies. I think it was like 10 or 12 pennies up on the table. And next night, I got up. I was working nights, and I went to work, and I got this frantic phone call. And she's freaking out on the phone. This girl is, I was dating. She goes, you're not going to believe what's going on. you got to see this. And she, and she sent me a recording. The pennies on the table was sliding across the table and they'd fall off and land on her edge. And they'd go, they'd roll straight, stop, do a nine degree turn, roll and then fall over heads up. All of them did it. Every one of the pennies did it and they made a perfect circle. She left. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, she wasn't happy. I don't know why. 
why do you think these why do you think some spirits get stuck and some is it is it because of faith that they're trapped here or i think that i say something traumatic happens i think they don't realize they're dead i really do i think because it you can almost tell them it's okay you're gone you know it's time for you to go home and then you'll never see that spirit again wow and it'd be you know it's just i don't know they they get confused they get lost they get uh just misdirected i don't know it's it's kind of weird i mean like the people in the hospital some of them people have been wandering the hospital for like three or four days before the angel was there Mm. And for some reason they gathered in my room i don't know why but it's kind of cool yeah it's you know there's no rhyme or reason that we can understand but i'm sure you know it's regular practice for them yeah but uh i don't know i don't i don't understand why some do and some don't yeah Man. do you ever uh visit other people's homes and check it out to see if it's haunted for them or anything like that i mean you got you obviously have a gift now i have i have a small gift yeah small gift. i don't i don't have it as good as some people do like some of the mediums and stuff like that but uh i can get i get feelings more than i do anything uh we, we had a ghost in this house I, nobody's ever died in this house nobody's ever died on this land that i know of i've been here for since i was 14 or 15 so i mean we've been here forever in this house but we had a ring doorbell set up. You're going to love this. We had a ring doorbell we bought, me and my wife. And we were sitting here one night, and that thing started going off. Now, I have a see-through door. And me and my wife are sitting right here. And the door's right there. And all of a sudden, the ring goes off. We're like, why is the ring going off? And we, she pulls it up on her phone. And we're sitting here looking together. And this mist, a human-shaped mist, comes out of the middle bedroom and goes to the middle of the porch and it stops. And it looks like the head part of it looks at the camera. Mm -mm. And then it turns its head and turns and walks straight off the end of the porch. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never seen it again. Man. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing we've ever experienced here. Yeah. You know, I doing this show i've had some weird stuff pop up here in this house oh yeah we've only lived here a couple of years and uh we we bought it in august of 2019 i started doing this show in may of 2020 and every once in a while and it hasn't happened in a in a few months let's knock on wood but we uh you know if i do a show and i talk about bigfoot nothing weird going on. I could talk about UFOs and nothing weird happens. But when I get these people on here and they have dark, dark stories, yeah, they, they share this poltergeist or demonic activity kind of stuff. You know, I've had speakers go completely out on brand new laptops. I had to buy a new desktop computer for it. Um, just weird stuff like, you know, electronic issues going on. Okay. But uh, I kind of chalk that up to maybe I'm just that bad with technology you know i just you know try to <laughs> try to talk and explain it away but then you start seeing you know like little black shadows out of the corner of your eye yeah. um, kitchen cabinets slamming uh, my daughter said she saw the bottom half of an apparition 
go through the living room. So I, I got on Amazon, man, and I ordered three crosses from Jerusalem. <laughs> and I, I put them all through the house. And I go through the house, you know, shouting and praying to every corner of the room and, every, you know, all through the house. And I, I swear you could feel whatever it was leave. It's like you could feel something going away. You know, it's like the room warmed back up a little bit. You know, it didn't feel so cold. And it just that heaviness was just gone. And it's been good ever since. But good. That's real good. I, we don't like the bad stuff. No, we don't. We do not. <laughs> Especially something like that. I don't, I don't get into that. I, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for a long time, I was kind of leaning away from the, you know, the super scary stories. I was like, let's talk about, you know, Casper, <laughs> you know, let's not talk about the exorcist, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have, I haven't experienced anything bad so far, which is good. Yeah, thank and God. I don't want it, I guess, because I've, you know, I, I know, I know where I come from, so I don't have to worry about that, all that bad stuff. That's so, right. Uh, well, let's see if I can find you a really good story here. Let me think. <laughs> oh, here's one. Bermuda Triangle. Yes, let's do it. All right. We were in the Bermuda Triangle. Of course, many times we spent, we was, I was stationed out of Charleston. So we went to the Bermuda Triangle all the time. And one time we went through, we found out of nowhere, just like it just popped up all of a sudden. We found an F-14 tail fin, which in itself is not that unusual. But when we actually got it up on board the ship, this thing had been missing like for like four or five years. But there was no barnacles on it. It had been in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Okay. And around it where it should have been connected to the aircraft was smooth. There was no ridge. It's like it was laser cut out. Really? Yeah. It was strange. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's strange. Like, uh, man. So... <laughs> What is the Bermuda Triangle? Is that a portal? Did, did it just kind of phase in, or did it the tail get cut off? I asked it through. It, it was it was like it was set there for us to find. Yeah, it wasn't there. We what happened is we went through was doing maneuvers. We went through that area, and we did some stuff. And was coming back, and that's when we seen it. It was like someone had this, it was like a giant hand set it in the water for us to find right there. Man. It was weird. And what were you all doing in the Bermuda Triangle? You said this is common? <laughs> yeah, we have, it has, uh, we have areas out there where we go out and train and stuff. Do you have malfunctions with equipment and stuff out there? I have, yes. The, the best one, the best story, I'll tell you this one. Yeah. This happened to us. We was, I can't remember what we was doing now. We was out there. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous day. The sun was shining. It was the perfect temperature, just a light breeze. It was just, you know, it was a, a gorgeous day. The water was as smooth as glass. 
and we were just out there and we had probably we was probably running 15 20 knots you know not not a, not a fast clip but we were just kind of scooting through the water real good and i was on aft lookout again and you could see something in the distance ahead of us like i said about 10 miles and it was a little dark darkish gray spot and as we got closer it got bigger and bigger to when we got within 10 miles of it you couldn't see the top you couldn't see the ends on either side it was just like this giant wall of fog dark dark fog and as the ship went into it so this is the fog as the ship went into it you know we already had inertia and everything going forward as the ship went into it, as each part of the ship went into the fog, the electronics shut off. Anything electric or electronic shut off, and all the compasses started spinning wildly like magnetic. And I'm watching all this from aft lookout, knowing, <laughs> oh crap, here I go to it. Yeah. And we have sound powered phones. My phones go dead. My watch is dead. My watch stopped. We went through the fog as we come out the other side of the fog. Each part of the ship that come out, electronics kicked back on, the compasses started stop spinning. And it, it was just weird as we come out. And then I come out and everything started working again. But when we come out, we looked around and the, it was a hazy day and it was nasty and sprinkling rain and the skies were gray. The water was choppy. And the fog bank was gone. What? Well, after we cleared it, it just disappeared, but the weather turned bad. See, that's wild, man. That's like you jumped into another timeline or something. You know? It was different. It was it freaked everybody out. Not just me, it freaked everybody out. Forward lookout all the way back. Yeah. Did did any time pass that you know of? Like not that we could tell, but we know back then that you never, we didn't really even think about even checking that because that was, that was in the eighties. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought it up. The Bermuda triangle, because I have students in my classroom that tell me, you know, I, I let it leak that I have a podcast and they're like, you got to talk about the Bermuda Triangle. And I thought, where in the world am I going to get a story about the Bermuda Triangle? Right here with George Lunsford. That's where I'm going to get it. <laughs> okay, so, so what's up with that place? Is it just like a magnetic anomaly there? Or is there a port? What do you think is going on with that? There's definitely some magnetic issues going on just from the, tra the fact that this the compasses were spinning. Yeah. So something magnetic going on there, but it's not constant. It's a, it's a, it's, it's just something that happens every now and that's why there's not always ships being disappeared there or not always airplanes, but there's something under the water. It has to be something under the water that's causing this. And I've heard all kinds of theories about a giant crystal pyramids. I've heard about, aliens i've heard about everything in the world but there's no not one single excuse that can explain everything all right i mean i just know to me people who's had experiences in there and got out but 
weird things happen to them. I knew a guy had an airplane. He was flying back from Bermuda and everything started spinning. And next thing he know, he was flying over Miami and he shouldn't have been, he should have been in the middle of the ocean, but his, even his time and everything didn't line up. Nothing is the log books lined up. Nothing. He was just like, he jumped 500 miles in the, bl in the blink of an eye. Wow. It's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but that's, that's the weirdest stuff ever. You know, I, I, I love hearing about it. I can't even begin to wrap my head around it, you know, but I don't know, man. That, that's a good one. Okay. I had some interesting things happen when I was in the Navy. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we we seen like 15 giant uh, water spouts. We're talking miles wide water spouts in the horizon all lined up. It's like they were walking behind each other. This it, It's just weird things like that that happens in the ocean all the time. <laughs> we was selling. We was probably, I think we was closer over to like, Europe, I don't remember. But uh, one time we was out there and looked down and then everywhere in the water you looked was hammerhead sharks. Wow. The entire water was just covered with hammerheads. They were migrating. <laughs> <laughs> but only, you know, only if you're in the Navy where you get to experience that stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I said some wild stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like I said, my uncle was in the Navy. He stayed in, he was a career man. And uh, he, unfortunately, he passed away after he retired like two years. Um, oh, I hear that. And he, uh, he lived in New Mexico, but he would come home to visit. I got to see him a couple times. And whenever he stopped in, his stories were wild. You know, it was about eating, having feasts with sultans on the other side of the world and, you know, all this stuff. I was like, man, I believe every word he said. <laughs> you know, why would my great uncle retired out of the Navy and he was a trip. Lord, how mercy that man was a nut. He'd been around the world seven times, been in all seven seas. He went through Korea and Vietnam. Wow. And he was just, I mean, he was a character and a half. He was a loan shark in Vietnam. <laughs> As he, he ran a gunboat. He was a boatswain's mate, run a gunboat up and down the rivers over there. But he was also a loan shark, and he was an advisor for a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> he had some of the best stories ever. I can't even come close to his. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You got Bermuda Triangle stories. <laughs> that takes it for me. Yeah, that's. I don't know which one. It freaks me out the most. Either the your, your near death or your death experience or the Bermuda Triangle story. Like, <laughs> I can listen to that all day. Well, for, you know, you got to wonder about somebody who went to haunted high school and then, you know, when all the, all this crazy stuff in the Navy and then, and all the stuff, the explosives and everything, you know, it's, I'm not right in the head. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you are right in the head. You, you're getting to see what we're supposed to see. You know, that's, well, no, I can prove I'm not right. We, I worked at an explosive company, and 
this company had different buildings for different explosives. And they were actually pressing, when you have a Sidewinder missile, it has two compressed explosive pieces in there, packs of explosive. And when you compress an explosive that's called RDX powder, and you compress it into a, a solid, well, if you don't clean every single little drop of dirt out of there, I mean, it can't even be a, any dirt at all in there. If you, when it's pressed and down, it'll cause electrical spark and it'll blow up. Hmm. And the, the operator is behind like a three foot reinforced concrete wall. So they're pretty safe. We had one blow up, blew the, blew the press all the crap. Hmm. <laughs> and they have blowout panels on the back where it blows it out into the woods. To show that I'm not right, <laughs> we had this explosion, and I went around to the back of the building with a water hose and was putting the woods out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thinking man right there. You know? Yeah. Well, I knew the explosion. I knew the the, the powder and stuff wouldn't blow up because it takes a, a a charge or a spark to set it off. It you can set it on fire and cook off of it. Wow. <laughs> so you know yeah the, the explosion was over you don't want a forest fire so you know you're out there <laughs> and my boss freaked out what are you doing get out there you know so i, <laughs> I was off and went away from our department <laughs> <laughs> hey well let's let's get into your books a little bit i know we we've sat here and talked for all, probably almost an hour already sorry if, no no i love it if you've got time uh I'm all the time in the world awesome man awesome let's uh what, what got you into writing these these stories well i you know, i'm a little different i was acting and i just got tired of all the political crap and everybody's garbage and i was talking to a friend of mine he wanted me to write a script for uh this guy who does NASCAR? He was a NASCAR uh, uh, crew chief and Larry McReynolds. So I took the book and I wrote a script about Larry McReynolds, a full feature script about it, and turned it in. And I thought, well, I think I'll write a book. So I talked with my publisher and I said, I'm going to write a book. He said, okay, let's do it. And I got thinking, what would I want to write about? And when I was growing up, our grandparents and our parents would tell us stories about the area. You know, we, they'd tell us things about, you know, we have one called Helen's Bridge. It's supposed to be a haunted bridge and why it was haunted. And we had a place called Chicken Alley where this doctor got killed and they say his ghost still walks the alley. Hmm. But we hear all the stories as kids, so we wanted to go check them out. Yeah. Of course, we did. And <laughs> we won't get into all those stories, but <laughs> I just decided, you know, kids these days don't have the luxury of getting these stories handed down to them. Yeah. So they're, they're in their own little, everybody's in their own little state and their own little area. And they don't really, there's not that communication that we used to have, you know, yeah. and you actually had to make an effort and you didn't just play on the cell phone. So I thought I'm going to write stories and let people know about things that are happening in their state. So I took, I did the first book and my first book is really thin because when I was writing it, I didn't know what I was doing. I used the wrong font. So I thought I had 150 pages. 
I had 70. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But, you know, I, I did that. I talked about a lot of uh, the first book. The, it's, it goes from North Carolina over to Texas and down to Georgia. I mean, down to uh, Florida. And it has about four or five stories per state. Plus, I threw in five of the, the Cherokee uh, tribe legends, like Sukalu, which is the Cherokee Bigfoot, yeah. Raven Mocker, Spearfinger, the Little People. And I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's all from there. And uh, I thought, well, I've done the South. Let's do the North, which is what you've got. Yeah, I did Virginia uh, North and Ohio East. And I did, uh, of course, I in that book, I had to put in stories that had, it was the basis for movies like Jaws, The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Haunting of Connecticut, and Amityville Horror. Mm -hmm. Stories that were the, the real stories that happened, but they changed them around for the movies a little bit, like Jaws. The main attack in the movie Jaws was a great white shark. In real life, it wasn't. It was a bull shark in one of the tributaries feeding the ocean. Nice. And I just, I, I really, I really enjoyed them writing these stories out. So I said, you know what, let's go ahead and do the West. So I did from Kentucky to Kansas and everything north, including the Dog Man up in uh, Michigan and Momo Monster. Yeah, which is uh, uh, Missouri's Bigfoot. He's a little yep. different. Uh, the Beast of Bray Road, and I did five stories from the Sioux Indians, which they had some really cool tales. It was hard to pick just five. And in the second book, I used Washington D.C. I those stories. Like there's a ghost in Congress that's bad to smack the congressman in the head as they walk down the stairs. Hey, I like my, that's my kind of ghost. Yeah, I like you. <laughs> And then I just finished doing the, the West, which was from New Mexico up to Montana. And there are stories in there. I threw in uh, the Inuit people, threw five of their stories in, or four of their stories in. And also threw in seven from overseas. Because every country around the world has stories. Oh, yeah. And every country has Bigfoot somewhere. Yeah. There's a Bigfoot in every country of the world. And, uh, the cool thing about the ones from overseas is like I did Vietnam. I talked about the uh, uh, wood apes, which attacked our, our soldiers over there. That's a Bigfoot. They attacked our soldiers over there. And there's just a bunch of stories I really enjoy doing. This, there's so many good ones. It's, they're just fun to read. I wasn't trying to scare anybody. I just wanted to give them some information for them to talk to each other about, you know. Yeah. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, uh, West Virginia, of course, the Mothman. And the cool thing about the Mothman, what I love about him, is the Blackbird of Chernobyl is the same description as the Mothman. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And they've seen him right before the meltdown, same as they seen him right before the bridge up in uh, West Virginia. Yeah, that's well, I kind of think he's like a like a harbinger of doom you know it's like he you don't want to see the mothman <laughs> you know? 
And you know what the, the big debate about him I found out here lately, which I didn't know was even going on, but I found out some people they're trying to decide is he actually a physical creature? Is he a, 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 you know, a spiritual creature or they don't know there there's so much discussion about what Mothman is. And honest with you, I really don't know. I, I can't, I can't pin it down to one or the other. Yeah. Uh, me neither because it, it does these supernatural, you know, it has these supernatural aspects, but then yeah. some of the earlier sightings, you know, when the whole flap was taking place, you know, people are talking about, they saw like tugging at his wing, like it was stuck in a chain link or on a cable or something like, like trying to free himself. So that's a totally different, that's a physical creature. It is. So I don't, they said it has, you know, big, strong man-like legs. So why would you need that if you don't have to have a, you know, if you're not physical, you know? I'm almost one, it almost makes me think, now this is a little different than most people, I must basically think it's a dimensional creature. Yeah. Live in multiple dimensions at one time. Yeah. And that would explain it being physical or it being spiritual. Yeah. And I think we have give it appearance. Yeah, I, I agree. That makes sense to me. And I, I think we deal with that a lot. I think a lot of these cryptids could be something interdimensional. Um, yeah, that goes on. It's starting to break down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's something going on. Uh, there's something's changing. I don't know if it's from experimentation going on, like with CERN and all that. If they if they actually popped a you know pop something open they shouldn't have, you know, like some kind of dimensional portal or what. But well, I mean, if you think about it, there's been more sightings since CERN found that particle. Yeah. Than there had, than there was before. That that is a big theory, man. <laughs> I guess we're just born at the right time or the wrong time, however you want to look at it. <laughs> I'm <not> sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me either. I'm just glad that uh, uh I'm I'm glad that I'm set up, like you said. I'm I know where I'm going, so I'm not too worried about it. That's it. I agree hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, George, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your books? They can find your, uh, you know, all your information. I know you got a website and stuff, right? I do have a website and this interview will go on the website. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, my website is author George X10host.com. And it has my new book trailers on it. It'll have interviews. It'll have stuff about me. If you want to know about an old fat country boy, <laughs> uh, it's just, I got all kinds of information that I'm going to be putting on. Since my wife actually wrote my website, she's she, like I said, she's the brains. Wow. I'm, I'm just here. Uh, she, as soon as she gets everything worked out, I'm going to have videos on there. Uh, I've already got, like I said, I've got my book trailers at the very front of my website. So when you go on the website, you click on the new book trailer, and it's it's really cool. Sweet. It was worth me. I paid for it. Um, but yeah, we'll have all the interviews on there. We can find if you want to listen to me. Yeah. Uh, 
And anytime I do a signing or anything like that, I'll be, all that information will be on there. And um, hopefully, eventually, we're going to be to a point where I'll be selling some books on there from myself. I'll be selling signed books. Right now, it's just the links to like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the different bookstores. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. And I, I loved your trailer, by the way, the new one. You, you sent that to me. I, I loved it. And if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to include it on maybe the end of this interview, you know, attach it, attach it on there, or at least put a link on there where people can go to oh, your site and see it. I'd be honored. Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But if I get any action in my Bigfoot hunt, I will definitely be back in touch with you about that. Please do. I, I got some guys down in South Carolina. They went on one last weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have to say. They said they had a little bit of activity. And they actually use uh, my show's name in their, their group. They call, them, call themselves Bump of the Carolinas. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. I, I love it, man. And uh, they're, they're good guys. I've had a couple of them on the show, but I'm, I'm going to try to get back up with them. Well, I got to say this. I got, I'm working with, uh, I've been talking to and, uh, you know, back and forth with Bigfoot 911. Yes. They put on our Bigfoot Fest here and they're, they're a bunch of investigators down in uh, Marion. Well, they just went on a Bigfoot hunt last weekend. They got, uh, vocals, they got some wood knocks, they got grunts, and they got some uh, bluff charges. Woo. So this was at Lake James, not far from my house. Man. At the bottom of the mountain. So these guys are really good. I'm hoping to be going with them here pretty soon also. I've been talking to their their head guy name is John, and uh, I've been talking to him, and he, he they're all cool guys. They really are. But, uh, yeah, if I get anything happen, you're, you – and uh, Mr. Lee Pope is going to be hearing about it. Awesome. He wants me to, if I have any action in it, I get to talk to him and the boys from Ames. Sweet. That'll, that'll be cool, man. That'll be awesome. I, I hope you stay safe. Uh, and I hope you have the experience of a lifetime. I'm going armed. So I'm going to make sure I stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey George, I I really loved having you on. I feel like I could talk to you all night, but I got I got chili in there waiting on me, so I'm gonna have to go eat. <laughs> go eat, man. And I thank you very much for this. I, I really do appreciate it. It was an honor being on your show. Hey, thank you so much. And as soon as I get this, you know, edited and wrapped up, I will send you the RSS feed so you can put it on your uh, your website. I appreciate. it. Thank you very much. I'll share it on all my media sites. I appreciate that, man. That's that's the best thing you could do for me. I I, I love that. Thank you. I do to help you out. Hey, thanks, brother. You have a good night. You too. All right. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're looking for the pack that will help you survive the worst day of your life or a pack to use for your everyday carry that you never have to worry about failing. If you're looking for the perfect bug out bag, the perfect bushcraft pack uh, for camping, hiking, whatever your needs, go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check it out. All products are 100% made in America. You can use promo code Bump 22 and save 10% site wide. All right, that's Bump B U M P 22 to save 10% site wide. This is a veteran owned business. Like I said, every component of every product made in America the buckles, the zippers, the straps American made. Um, there's never been a more important time than now to bring it home. You know what I mean? So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Best products on the market. I've got videos on YouTube about it if you want to see it. Um, Or just go to the website. Check it out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Hey, Chris messaged me and said that if you guys use Bump22 as the promo code this year, that he's going to increase that discount to 15%. So get on there now, use Bump 22, save 15% site-wide at SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Hey there, believers. i got another exciting episode for you today. Um, this week, we're bringing back George Lunsford, um, author. You see his book over here. It's Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. This is volume two. Um He's got a series of books out. You can pick them up on Amazon. Also, he has a new book coming out, and I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about it because uh, I love his work. I love what he does, and he's a lot of fun to talk to. Um, I'm trying to work on the lighting a little bit, trying to make it a little more fun, a little cooler in here. I'm not having a great success with it yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, before we start, let me just tell you, Shadow Appalachia is taking off. Uh, it's a new docu-series brought out by Merkle Media. Um, Ward Honey's going to be producing, uh, or directing the show, rather. He uh, is the man behind the popular series Dark Holler. So if you haven't seen that yet, I don't. I'm, you probably have, but if you haven't yet, it's on YouTube. Um, go ahead and check that out. Um, it's Ward, Josh and Richie from the Sword and Staff podcast. Myself, um, Tony's going to be coming in later, later episodes, I believe, you know, later on in the season of season one. Um, so 
that'll be exciting to you know to to finally be around him, work with him and stuff. Um, it, it's just we're doing big things, and there's several other guys, several other guys: uh, Cole, Travis, Dave. Um, I'm probably probably missing some. I'm sorry if I, but it's going to be a a big project. Um, we're all united under the the banner of you know being Christian men ready and actively doing spiritual warfare to reclaim dominion for Christ. It's a uh, but it's all paranormal. You, you got to understand, this is a supernatural series, and it doesn't disappoint. My first time going out with the guys, we uh, well, I can't give you too many details, but you can see the trailers. Uh, trailers are available now on YouTube. You can go to uh, help, you know, get the Kickstarter going. Um, I have links on my Facebook page. I know the rest of the guys do. Uh, Sword and Staff Podcast have links on their pages. Uh, I think Tony put a link on the confessionals. So just go check it out. Support the show. Help, you know, uh, help that project grow. Um, I think we begin filming again in uh, February or March. So we're, we're going to have to, you know, have everything in place soon. Um, we plan to release late summer early fall i think next year so it'll, it'll go fast it'll happen fast so check that out if you want to purchase any kind of swag or any kind of ugly christmas gear i got it available on the believer store go check that out um you can still sign up on patreon uh, we have a about a million tier levels to choose from i think uh from two dollars up to 30 maybe a month uh, two dollars a month i i don't know how they allow it to be that low <laughs> but it's just for uh that's just to to throw out some support uh any amount is is greatly appreciated um especially as it gets more expensive to do things to try to get the show up to a higher level a higher higher caliber of show um it's not cheap um but i'm trying to keep everything you know, the regular feed free. So we're doing it. That's happening. Um, also, you can join through the Believers Only section on the podcast, on, on the podcast website. Uh, that's $1.75 a week for now. Uh, first of the year, I'm probably going to have to change that because of surcharges. They are killing me with surcharges. They're taking like 30% of that money in surcharges. So those those prices may vary. It won't be by much. It might just be the way I arrange it, um, weekly versus just do a monthly, you know, to sum it up, monthly charge. Um, same amount of money. But if it comes out in a different way, they seem to charge it less. It's you guys that are into this stuff, you know, you know how all that goes. Anyway. Um any other announcements? Uh I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I uh, hope everybody has good, safe plans for the upcoming Christmas. Um, this this podcast, this episode will land somewhere in between the two. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to bring George on. Let's go ahead and uh, send him this invite.
Hey, how y'all doing? How's it going, George? Uh, pretty good for an old fat man. <laughs> oh, well, it's been a while since I had you on the show. I don't remember, to be honest, you know, the, the season and episode number. I should have looked that up before before <laughs> I took it off pause here and started recording. But it was uh, it's probably been a year or close to it since, since I've had you on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's You're always record with those, so you know it's all good. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, last time you were on, I believe we talked about quite a bit. We had a uh, we had some discussions about your books. We talked about the Bermuda Triangle too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was my my one and only to this day Bermuda Triangle episode. It was a lot of fun. Well, I like to be different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what are we going to get into today? Well, I mean, uh, I, I took my book, I took all the books I did before, and I combined them into one. Then I added uh, over 100 more stories to it. We call it the USA edition. Wow. And is that on Amazon? It is. Same title, the uh, Legends, Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts? The USA edition. The USA edition. About 590 pages. Oh, my gosh. I changed the stuff around there a little bit. Uh, you're, unfortunately, I put two pictures of this ugly mug in there. You have to look at it. <laughs> One of them was at the Honey Island Swamp, and the other one was at uh, Bray Road. Oh, nice. Nice, Bray Road. Considering the lady that rode Bray Road just passed away, which I'm sorry to hear. Yeah, man, I, that's what I was going to say, too. Uh, you know, God bless her soul. That's uh, That was a hard hit for the for the crypto world right there. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was expected. Nobody saw that one coming, you know. I, I wish know. I could meet her. She she had some interesting books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. I got a couple. <laughs> oh, um, the, the USA edition. Where can that be found? Is that on Amazon already? Is it ready for Christmas? Amazon now. It's there. All you got to do is pick it up. Awesome. Awesome. So that'll go on the wish list for everybody, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I do too, man. I hope. Uh -oh. I hope people enjoy the stories. That's that's what the whole thing is, you know. I'm I'm not worried about getting rich and none of that crazy crap. Cause I know I, have, but I want people to just enjoy reading my books. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're entertaining. You know, like you're fun to talk to, and your books, you know. You can see your personality in the books. You know, it's, <laughs> it could be good. That could be bad. <laughs> it's a great thing. It's a great thing. You're you're good at what you do, man. You're you're good at what you do. Appreciate <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> uh, So tell me about this new book. I know you got one coming. I do got one coming next year. Okay. It's called Monsters of the World. What I did is I decided, you know what? Let's have like a little reference guide for people to see monsters from everywhere else. Because, I mean, we all heard of Bigfoot and Mothman and all that here, but what what is there overseas? So I broke, the books broke down into seven continents, and I did monsters from every continent. We've got Old Shucks, which is a big black ghost dog in England. I've got, uh, I actually threw leprechauns and gnomes in there just because you kind of have to have them, you know? You, you talk about people. Okay, you know, <laughs> I've got all kinds of wild and strange creatures, which 
I don't know if they're real, but some of them are real. I don't want to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> what What are some uh, What are some stand? If you with this many monsters in the book, it, it won't be too big of a spoiler if you tell me about a couple of them. Are you? Do you have anything on the top of your mind that that you could share? T- tell me some stories. There's one. I can't remember what continent it was. I'm gonna look and see here real quick. Oh man, if you have excerpts, I w- I would love to hear. I don't. I just have. I put down the monsters I wanted to do in a notebook. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Uh, the one I one of the ones I did today is called. Uh, how was it? I can't pronounce it. It's A D Z E. As. It's a vampire creature, and this vampire creature. It's a shapeshifter also. But what it does, it's attached to a witch's coven. So when it attaches to that coven, it, it usually shows up as a bird. Mm. And uh, it's really cool. No, let's see. Oh, that's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Ah, I'm confused. <laughs> ah, I hate when I do that. That one is a, it's a, it looks like a firefly and it's also a shapeshifter. So it shifts into a, human and if it shifts into a human it can possess another human what yeah that's it cool. is cool i mean there's this these all these creatures i've been studying about are amazing they really are uh i got the basilisk over in europe i did uh old shucks like i said it's like a big black wolf-like creature oh yeah red eyes and I have a real life encounter I've added to that story. Really? By a man named Johnny Ellett. If nice. I said it, I am terrible at names, so I apologize if I said <laughs> that. Uh, great guy, really was. I've talked to him and uh, I've watched his video where he did an interview about this encounter that he had. He thought it was a dog man, but everything he speaks about in his encounter all points to being the uh, black shuck really is it that big of an animal it's a huge wolf creature yes oh wow has big bright red eyes right sometimes that's all you can see because it comes through the fog that's all i would need man (laughs) 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 but yeah i've got I, i got people who sent me an encounter with a pterodactyl type creature in england really Bigfoot in England, or I got those encounters are all right there in England, and the people sent them to me to put in the book. Wow! See now that that's something special, you know. When you when you have firsthand experiences and stuff that you can add to it, that adds validity to your you know to your monsters there. Yeah, and I felt so honored that they they trusted me enough to put for me to put it in the book. That that's what made me feel really good. Yeah. As they actually shared their story and allowed me to put it in the book. But I think you'll enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy reading about the Mongolian death worm. Uh, you've got things in here that just, there's just creatures you just can't imagine. Dragons. Who would have ever thought that they have videos of dragons in China? Really? Yeah. As a guy, I watched the video. Most of them you can tell look fake on a lot of them. But there's one guy, I swear, he... It's just like you're sitting there with him watching on the video. It's an incredible video. Wow. 
but there's there's so many of them and there's so many great stories that goes with these things and i know i sound a little crazy about it but i'm i'm getting into it big time <laughs> hey, you're doing what you love you know it is i i thoroughly love sharing these stories with people i love from the know what's i mean it kind of pulls you out of your own your own bubble and lets you see what else is out there what else is going on. there's one that was hilarious it was in um uh asia and it's he's a pervert <laughs> it's a pervert <laughs> you got to tell me more about that one man you can't just leave it at that <laughs> the, the creature i think it's called a capa it's k-a-p-p-a uh-huh. and it's known to watch women take baths and shower or baths in, in ponds and uh waterfalls and with Ken, them. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like a little peep and tom. Yeah, with a turtle shell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't make that up. You know what I mean? It's like uh, no, it's, it's beyond me. I, there's no way. I mean, I have a really good imagination, but some of these. I mean, you got one. There's one of the creatures. It's a female, but her body splits in half, and the top part of her body flies around with her guts hanging out. <laughs> where is that at it's in asia <laughs> they got some good ones in asia <laughs> yeah man well they they got those uh scary ghosts over there man oh you ain't I, kidding I, they get pretty dark yeah oh yeah it, well europe what got me about europe is that i mean we have a lot of the same creatures here but we don't have the banshee we don't have black shuck we don't have the basilisk so I picked ones that was different than anything we have here. Yeah. To put in there. And there's just, I got trolls in there. There's uh, the, you know, the Bigfoot, the pterodactyls that, uh, that was in there. But there's so many creatures that if you look back, they actually have connections to like the Ice Age and uh, dinosaur periods. And it looks to me like a lot of them are left over from that period of time. You know, I've, I believe that that there is um what's it called maybe the ogo pogo is that is that one of them is that overseas or is that here that is crap I don't remember where it is. I know it's overseas yeah okay uh, the, they got uh, it seems like Africa had a few like dinosaur creatures oh yeah yeah I've, I've I've done some of Africa already and I've run into some of that already. They even have some that they're considering cryptids that they actually have, they actually have seen, and they're, they actually see them, and they know they exist, but they're still calling them cryptids. Like that Billy uh, 8, it's B-I-L-I-8. Uh-huh. It's a giant chimpanzee. And they've called it, they've got the DNA, but they're still calling it a cryptid, which doesn't make any sense to me. No, it don't. And it's a huge chimpanzee. I mean, it's it's good size. Is it getting close to Bigfoot size? Well, it's about double the size of a regular chimp, a full-grown wow. chimp. And it had the, the hairs right. don't have hair hardly. It almost looks like it's just skin. Really? I'm going to check that out. That's almost like the size of a man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's something else. It really mm-hmm. is. But they've got, and half these creatures, I believe, I don't even think they're even folklore. I think they're real in Africa because they've got some stuff there that 
like there's a creature that I was working on earlier. It's called, uh, let me see here, Nandai, N-A-N-D-I bear. And if you just read the description, it's like a, they describe it as being a, looks like a mix between a hyena and a baboon. Where'd they get a bear from? <laughs> <laughs> but they had a, they had concept pictures and it looks like a fuzzy hyena Ooh. with long legs. Man, you know, <laughs> in Africa that's old country. That's like beginning of time old. Yeah, that's like Appalachian Mountains old. Yep. Uh, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's some of these creatures I hope people enjoy. The most of them I've never heard of. That's why I went ahead and pulled them in. Now yeah. I could write a book twice this size if I tried to do all of them or bigger because there's so many. But I wanted to give you guys a taste of some different kind of creatures and their, their legend behind them. And if there's any sightings, some of them like a vampire, you really don't have any sightings of. Right. You know, you have a shape shifting creature that eat you so you know not, not a lot of sightings there <laughs> yeah no one lived to tell the tale right <laughs> but i'm really hoping people will enjoy that next year i hope they enjoyed the book this year too so oh know. yeah well tell me more about the the one of the, the usa edition you said you added like yeah. almost a hundred accounts yes sir how do you do this <laughs> lots of time behind the computer <laughs> yeah. and how, how many books were in your series were there like six books in the series the original series was four four and then i added well this book since i put it all together that, that gave me you know some of the stories but i wanted to give everybody a taste of something new yeah. so like in north carolina where i'm at i added in the brown mountain lights which yes. most people have heard of yes i added in blackbeard's ghost Nice. Which is a hilarious story. Because then you see just how tough Blackbeard really was. <laughs> hey, didn't he? Is he the one that like would light his light wicks in his beard? Yep. He was one of the first uh by one of the really only pirates that really engaged psychological warfare. Yeah. They people would surrender as soon as they seen him. Because he scared the daylights out of them. They call him the sea that he got a nickname called the sea devil at one time. Wow. The funny thing was, if you didn't fight him when he came aboard your ship, he let you live. But if you fought him, he killed you. Oh wow. He he would take and uh, either free the slaves and call slave ships, either free the slaves or he'd sell them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Whatever his needs were at the time, he, he only stayed worth what he needed. He wasn't trying to overdo because he shared his, his booty and stuff with his men. Yeah. Before he got killed the night before, he had a huge party. He had hundreds of people that are drinking and dancing and having a good time before he was killed. Wow. He was almost like a Robin Hood of the pirate oh. world. Yeah. Yep. That's cool, man. That story because I, I I was writing, I was laughing my hind end off at it anyway. <laughs> so you're down I, in North Carolina, right? Yes, sir. I just spoke to some guys in South Carolina, and I hate 
I, I have this nasty habit, man. And yeah. please forgive me. I get the two mixed up sometimes between North Carolina and South Carolina. Like I know the major cities in each one, but like in just general conversation, I don't know. Like some some smaller towns, I get confused. Everybody does. I know people. I know people do that with you know Virginia versus West Virginia, where I, I'm in West Virginia, you know, and yep. it eats me up sometimes when people was like, "Oh, I've been to Richmond. Like, I don't care. I live in a different state," you know. <laughs> <laughs> i've so, been all over west virginia too so i can understand i, I really can but uh yeah I, I get a little confused sometimes man but those brown mountain lights i thought they were in south carolina oh no they're not that's not far from my house actually really yeah do you have any uh any stories you want to share about anything you've seen brown mountain lights oh well as kids we were pretty uh how could you say Interesting. Yeah. And then, so we set it all up. Now, you got to remember, I was a big military guy. I, I loved the military back when I was in high school and went to ROTC and chained with the Rangers and all this other garbage. We took and got about 30 of us. We put 10 up on the ledge on the lookout that could see where the brown mountain light, could see brown mountain and the lights. The rest of us were on the ground with flare guns and walkie-talkies. And we broke it up, mountain in the coordinates, so we could find out where the lights were. So we could all go see if we could catch it. Smart. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Bunch of dumb kids. <laughs> we, we chased those lights. We never seen them on the ground, but they could see them up on the lookout. Really? Yeah. We would shoot the flare up to show our position, and the light would actually come to where the flare come up at. Wow. Yeah. So what is that then? We don't know. Uh, we can only speculate that, you know, the stories about it being Indian maidens out, you know, gathering the bodies from the battle and everything, that that's what it is. I mean, that's, I don't know what else it could be because you can't see it on the, we've never seen it on the ground. No, it was a bunch of, there's 20 of us out there looking for them. That's pretty incredible. It, it's amazing. If you sit up on the lookout and look at it, it's it's just amazing to watch the lights. Because yeah. they move, they they brighten up, they dim down. They're, it's just really awesome. Mm. Mm. See, cause, like I said, I talked to a couple guys, but they're around uh, Spartanburg. Is that right? Is that right? South Carolina. Yeah, right below my, right, not far from here. So Okay, so, uh, so I'm not too far off. Because they talked to me about the Brown Mountain Lights before, too. But um, I actually just have one on the show. Let's see. It'll be, it comes out a couple, it comes out one week, I think, before this one does. So his name is uh, Josh. He's in South Carolina. And he and two other guys that I've had on the show, Tommy Ray and Alan, they have like a paranormal group that they go out together. And I've, I've spoken to these guys individually you know, over the last two and a half years and got, you know, individual stories, but they, they're all together now. They're going out and uh, doing Bigfoot investigations and uh, paranormal research and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Cool, cool bunch of guys, man. And I, I made them promise me that if they find anything and when they, when they get something, they'll, they'll come talk to me first and let, let, let me put it on the show. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they're a good group of guys. Do you do you do any like uh any on the ground investigative work or anything yet? I want to. My problem is finding time because I work a full time job. I'm writing the books and I'm remodeling my house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I it, say no more, man. I I got it. Uh I I stay busy, but in the fall it's hunting season. So I stay yeah. really busy, you know, like I, I'm working full time, going to church two or three days a week, hunting. Sometimes I'll take off work to go hunting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> you know, priorities, right? And, oh, yeah. Uh, and then the show, the podcast. And I'm trying to keep up with the show and the website and all that. And I, I get it. And, and now we're doing a new documentary. Yourself, right. Huh? You do the podcast all by yourself, right? Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. Man, it's it's a lot of work. It's way way more than I thought it was going to be. Trying to do like the cover art, the the intro songs, the edits, all that junk. Well, uh, not, you're doing a really good job. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm not tech savvy at all, George. I <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's close enough. You, you know what I mean? It's, well, I, I enjoy this show. I enjoy coming on. I enjoy listening to it. So, you know, I and you know, me, I share the daylights. I love it. So <laughs> I appreciate you, man. We got a, uh, we got something coming up that maybe, maybe we could help lend some information to one of your books in the future. Okay. There's, a, there's a documentary series that I've been brought in to do, uh, to be a part of. And we're calling it Shadow Appalachia. Oh, um there's another podcast it's uh the sword and staff podcast so it's, it's these two guys they asked me to come on and help out um to, you know to, to be a part of the team you know we go out as you know as time permits to to go do research and investigate these different areas um but we also got tony merkel um he's producing the show i believe and He's going to be coming on different parts of the show, uh, different episodes and stuff from the Confessionals podcast. Um, there was a really successful docu-series that they already did last year, car, or yeah, last year, early this year, car, called Dark Holler. Ooh. And this is like a, a second series, totally different. But it's uh, it's it's big, man. Like That's awesome. Uh, the episode that I, I helped out with already, we went up to these ridges here in Logan County, West Virginia, and found an ancient serpent mound. Oh. And it, it's been lost to history. Like, nobody's been there in 50 years. And here it is right in front of us. Man, that is awesome. So it's it's a lot of fun, man. And I, I hope that it, uh, you know, gets some people's attention. Well, I tell you what, like when you do it, send me the links. Because I'd love to see it. And I'll I'll definitely spread it around. You know that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Seed like this. This is awesome. Yeah. Seeing you get more and more. That, that, that's fantastic. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. So so tell me some more stuff. What's been going on the last year? I, I know that. Just, just give me some uh, some anecdotes. or <laughs> I not really a lot. The only one bad thing that did happen, I was supposed to be on a TV show and it got canceled. Oh, no. I'm supposed to go on and tell about my uh, sightings I had and the stuff happened to me in the Navy. 
It's yeah. called military experiences or military something, military something. And I was supposed to show up and uh, tell them about my UFO encounter and my uh, Bermuda Triangle. Oh, man. Well, they missed out because <laughs> that Bermuda Triangle story. <laughs> I, I, my students listened to that episode and oh, they talk, oh yeah they like they, they talked to me about it recently like they they love it because the bermuda triangle is something that's you know it's known around the world oh yeah and there's yeah. more of them like where oh you didn't know about it oh there's several different triangle places around the world you got <laughs> Bridgewater Triangle. Okay, I didn't know that one. Uh, the Alaskan Triangle. You had the Dragon's Triangle over, over towards Japan around the Ring of Fire that has had more uh, problems than the Bermuda Triangle has. The Dragon Triangle. Yep. That's the ones I can remember off my head. There's like three or four more. What? And there's areas where, bat, where things have happened, like ships disappearing, airplanes disappearing. Uh, Bigfoot and uh, a couple other creatures are big in the uh, Alaskan Triangle. They've had all kinds of creatures show up in it. Bridgewater had a bunch of creatures and UFOs and also UFOs in the uh, Alaskan Triangle. They actually had a picture. I don't know if it was real or not. It looked real. They had a, in the Dragon's Triangle, they showed a, a picture of a portal forming hmm. it was wild and they've had all kinds of ships disappear and sink and same way with the moon triangle now, are you familiar with the 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 triangulation of where it's at in the dragon triangle you said it's close to the ring of fire and where it was for a little while but i don't remember right now i'm sorry okay. oh no you're good you're good i just want to make sure i didn't fly through it when i was going to guam <laughs> 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 yeah it would make you a little nervous wouldn't it <laughs> yeah like now, now that it was over you know it's been you know i don't know first trip 17 years and then the last one's about 13 years i mean i've been home for a long time <laughs> so it's okay now but if maybe the other me got stuck in there and, and I, i'm just living this life now i don't know i'll try to send you some information on it <laughs> that would be great man <laughs> Oh well, are you ready for Christmas? I haven't bought my wife hardly anything yet, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. I spent like five dollars so far on that. I, I, I've got you buy a couple of bucks, but not many. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, we'll be jumping on here and getting that USA edition of your book. There you go. There you go. I'm going to put a link on there, George, um, to my show notes, and uh, I'll I'll try to find a link that I can put onto the you know the Facebook page and stuff like that too to try to. I can send it to you on me, Dad. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I'll be looking it up as soon as we as soon as we get off here. I'm going to be putting it in my cart, so it's on, man. It's on. What if you're ever around this area or I ever come around that area, I'll hook up with you and I'll sign it for you. Hey, please do, brother. I would love that. I'd love that. You're you're a great guy. <laughs> More people need to listen to your podcast because you are so much fun to interview with. 
I know your other podcasts are good, so I left them some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, the show's growing. It's just slow because I refuse to pay for advertisement. I don't blame you. You know, uh, all those boost posts for this and that, I thought, man, if I get a couple thousand, 3,000 people, you know, to listen to the show, I'm I'm happy right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I, I would love it, you know, to be like, hang up the teaching business and do this full time, but I'd be bored, I think. Because about that, wait a minute, I don't know. I, I think you like him being a teacher. You're I, do, I love it. You talk about being a teacher, so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it would be great if it, you know, if it could uh, supplement the income a little bit better. But it's like you said, we're not in this to get rich. We're in this to have fun and share stories, man. That's all. That's it. That's it. What's funny is my grandkids, they're little, and they've, they've read my books. <laughs> <laughs> so uh they always asking pop all of this pop all that about different creatures and they knew i was in the military we went to a, a museum while we was up in chicago well we was in suburbs of chicago we went to a museum called the volvo museum and it has everything in it we were going through the military part of it and I have never answered so many questions about military stuff in my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that makes it fun, though, man. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. That does. That makes it fun. Man. Well, George, uh, I guess we'll wrap things up for this uh, this uh, episode, this, this session, whatever you want to call it. It's always wonderful talking to you. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. It's a blast because your your personality is just like contagious. You know what I mean? <laughs> like as soon as, as soon as your picture come, come up on my screen, I was like, I'm happy. You know, I, <laughs> I got the fat guy here. We're good to go. Oh no! Look, if you're fat, then I'm I'm enormous. So let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. The picture on the on the website was back from when I was acting. It was a headshot. So I've gained a little bit of weight since then. <laughs> That's all right. We gotta put her best foot forward, man. That's how that goes. I blame my wife because she's from New Orleans, so I get a lot of good cooking. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. She's okay. Yeah. In order to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that's that's the thing I missed the most. I was stationed in Louisiana for six years. Huh. I, I miss that cooking, man. I I miss the crawfish and the frog legs and the gator tail yeah. and, and the jambalaya. And they there was this place. I know I'm way off topic. I'm, I, I'm, I promise I'm wrapping up. But there was a place down there called Bodacious Barbecue. I don't know if they had a chain restaurant or if it was just like a one-off. It was in Shreveport, Louisiana. A bodacious barbecue and they had baked potatoes like the size of your head man and they filled it with pulled pork and they had a secret barbecue sauce and cheese and sour cream like they, the man they know how to eat oh yeah mm. sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was my fat boy moment <laughs> all right well, i'll get off here and eat apparently i need to eat <laughs> george has been great talking to you I, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this book everywhere, and I'm gonna pick up a copy for myself. I appreciate it, my friend. All right, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, you have a good one now. Hey, you too. God bless. <laughs>
That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
in your life that you're you're ready to give your heart over to the Lord then I have a little a little message that I found that if you repeat it and you believe it in your heart this could help lead you closer to God to, to let Jesus Christ save you and it goes like this Heavenly Father I come to you from the depths of my heart realizing that I have sinned I repent of my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and do your will. It is in Jesus' name that I believe and receive the things prayed this day. Amen.